Just Being Honest, the JBH Podcast. Let's rock this. True food, full thought. Welcome to the Just Being Honest Podcast. The JBH Podcast is here to inspire people to dramatically enhance their health, their well-being, and lifestyle by providing an honest perspective and knowledge on eating, quote, real food, whether that is in physical form, the healthiest version of a whole food substance, or mental. What are you saying to yourself? What are you listening from other people? Huh? The less toxins you put in your body, the less toxins that are out in the universe, the environment, and the less toxins that you are spreading onto humanity. It's about creating a life of sourcing transparency, mental freedom, and physical harmony. Guys, this is the Just Being Honest podcast. This is true food for thought. We are getting deep. On this episode, number 82, of the Just Being Honest podcast, I am reunited with a woman who has energetically been my soul sister for as long as I can remember. And we didn't even know it until about 18 plus years later. Crazy. Now that my guest, Sarah Brunner, and I are both spiritually awake we found that our connection was made magically through her younger sister, Lauren. Lauren and I grew up together and often at times were considered little fireballs running around the neighborhood, playing nostalgic outdoor games like Kick the Can and lip syncing to This Kiss by Faith Hill while wearing her sister's sequined prom dresses. The energy in the Brenner household was real. It was authentic, it was healing, and it was a place that I instinctively revisited on a regular occasion. Perhaps it was a direct reflection of how I should be a part of a family. Perhaps it was how I should live each day with zest and color. Perhaps it was a clearer message that I needed to always dance through life and live each day to the fullest. To reveal more to you, Lauren passed away suddenly and without warning when we were in the seventh grade. My life forever changed from that point on, always wondering and always wishing she were still here. One thing I do now is that she is still here and she's always within me. I see her in everything that I do and frankly in every white butterfly that crosses my path is a true reflection of her power. She is my angel that is guarding me. She is guiding me through this thing called life. And now I have her sister Sarah to share her messages with. A little bit more about Sarah Brenner. Sarah is a purveyor of love and life with a deep appreciation for the color of cerulean, international travel, and being of service. She enjoys discovering what doing the work means. Sarah has realized that the key to this life is vulnerability and openness while focusing energy on things that fuel passion, create community, and true connection. Sarah continues to hone her intuition by 
authentically relating, listening to her body, and embracing the divine feminine energy. I love that. In the next year, she will complete the first step in becoming a relationship coach and have her first children's book published. Live music and hiking are her religion, and she's never met a dog, or as she likes to call it, a god, she didn't love. Her hobbies include art, gardening, being inspired by children, listening to audiobooks, channeling, shadow work, and the occasional treasure hunting at thrift stores. She sends love and light to you all. Yeah, guys, we are true soul sisters. All right, folks, let's rock this. You just turned on the Just Being Honest podcast. Mm, you guys know that I am what I like to call a teaaholic. So one of my favorite brands at the moment, I feel like they have every herb out there in existence. The brand is called Buddha Teas. You also know I like to meditate. You also like to know that I like to t make my tea while I'm meditating, or maybe that making tea is a pure meditation within itself. But a little bit about Buddha teas and why I love them so much is that they strive to create teas that do more than satisfy a thirst. Buddha teas uses fresh, high-quality ingredients to explore nature's best qualities and enrich the lives of tea drinkers everywhere. I know I'm enriched every single sip I take. The fresh organic herbs and tea leaves allow their teas to stay pure and natural and in free form from chemicals, preservatives, and added flavoring. The minimal processing and eco-friendly packaging helps to honor and protect the earth with every tea that they make. So guys, on me, you can get 15% off by using code JBH15. So pick up a pack today and enjoy each sip that you take. Hi guys, this is your host, KB, and this is the Just Being Honest podcast. Welcome to the show. So we have a, a soul sister on today, a lifer, a purveyor of basically spreading the love all around. Um, and what I love that we actually off air had a quick conversation um, regarding that titles. Do you ever, it's kind of like asking the weather, right? Or talking about the weather. Do you ever have, you know, a stranger, like the first question is, so what do you do? Well, what do you do? Well, I breathe every day. Hopefully I wake up, you know, I smile, I go to the bathroom, hopefully, you know. So what do you do? And I think that is appropriate um, about what this podcast episode number 82 is about today. What do you do? How do you connect with people um, vocally, vibrationally? whatever level you're connecting with how are you healing each other how are you healing yourself what do you do how do you live this life right so that brings me to my guest and introducing her as i mentioned before my soul sister we will get into how we met we will get into just kind of like 
our upbringings together. So without further ado, I introduce to you Ms. Sarah Brenner. Come on down. <laughs> Guys, and let me like preempt this by saying I am in a study room in a library right now because I needed a quiet space. So I hope everyone in the library can hear my game show antics. But Sarah, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. It's it's an honor to be here and talk with you today. I love it. I love it. I always love when I ask someone to be on my show and they're like, yes, yes. You know, I'm like, I just, I love it. So um, I want to just kind of crack into this by introducing you in like a further sense of basically how we met. Let's start with how we met first and then we'll go into your upbringing because that will kind of come full circle. Go for it, girl. I'm letting you take the stage. Uh, I to confirm, was it preschool or kindergarten? Um, I, I am um, a, a few years older and got to meet you through my sister. Uh, you all were best friends growing up. And, oh, man, it was so fun to have you around the house and in the neighborhood. Just the, oh, the sparkle-piercing blue eyes and... <laughs> This little, um, almost like fairy-like creature of gymnastic talent and spunk and, man, you and my sister were uh, two peas in a pod and just, ah, you brought like this exciting, like playful life and curiosity and everything you did. And so, you know, getting to know you as, you know, as you grew together um man I mean it's oh we go way back yeah I know it's kind of crazy I love it because when like one of us you know whatever is younger and you connect with someone who's older or for instance me and my oldest sister are six years apart when you're really young it seems like wow they're an adult like it's so far but then when I get older it's like really we're not that like far apart you get like closer and closer and closer in age because you have so much more in common but guys for you know like the long story short Sarah's younger sister and I Lauren we were really good friends and actually we looked very similar similarly Uh um together we were just two little fireballs um I basically adopted myself into their neighborhood because I thought it was so cool that they had a cul-de-sac guys this is pre-social media so like cool things were like (laughs) cul-de-sacs and you know you're like a cul-de-sac and we'd play kick the can at night Uh stay out until it was so dark you know Red Rover, um, I think it Grey was... Grey Wolf. Grey Wolf, yes. And it, oh my gosh, yeah. And even I think when Sarah's talking about gymnastics, okay, so I grew up in a gymnastics family and we had an actual balance beam, a balance beam in our basement. And I remember we made this like camp thing in your neighborhood. I don't know mm-hmm. what it was, some activity thing. We carried like kids kids guys no parents we carried this balance beam through from my house to the Brenner's neighborhood right and I'm not telling you it's not down the street it was how far would you say that like at least three miles two and a half three miles Um, through a field yeah I was gonna say you gotta throw the field in there uh that was treacherous in itself uh, yeah, I remember you guys parked in Laura's neighbor or in Laura's front yard, and 
had gymnastics camp for a week. Yes, we did, guys, pre-social media, amazing. The best times of your life. Um, but anyways, we did that. And, you know, I even have like, I think I can try to find some of those photos, but those are amazing times. But I'm long, sure that you're out there. <laughs> long story short, I adopted myself into this neighborhood, the cool cul-de-sac, um, special times in our life. We all grew up. And Lauren and I, um, Lauren did pass away when I was in seventh grade about. And so that was kind of a, a big event in all of our lives and something that me personally, um, I know I still really celebrate her birthday. I still celebrate the day that she passed because it is a celebration of life. Um, and I know she is still with us. But the beauty in that is that people do grow stronger together. And Sarah and I, we didn't obviously, you know, like as I talked about that, that gap in age range when we're much younger, but now we're much older and we talk and we reconnected lately and we were talking all along and we didn't even know it. You know, her and I, our stories throughout the years are so similar and it's crazy which just, and it kind of brings me to tears, which saying that like her and I are so interconnected on such a cosmic vibrational level that like we didn't even know and we were meant to be connected, which is so, whether you believe it or not, I hope you do because it's truly magical. It's a point of surrendering and listening these signs. But we are just, I mean, we could talk for hours. We should be roommates really. Um, so beyond that, I want to jump back into your childhood childhood upbringing because I always like to ask people how they grew up um, and because I believe that kind of shows how it kind of shapes them today, whether it's artistically, whether it's, um, you know, travel worthy, what have you. Tell me a little bit about your childhood, childhood upbringing. Ooh, where to begin? Ah, oh, man, I... I was really blessed in this lifetime, and childhood was pretty picture perfect from the outside, for sure. Coming from a loving family with parents that were involved, um, siblings that for the most part got along. (laughs) Um, We grew up in Prairie Village, which, you know, I always kind of call a perfect village Mm. in in, in a kidding way, um, mm-hmm. it was a bit of a bubble, and I started off going to Catholic school and um, was raised in a Catholic family, so that um, is something that shaped early on uh, my experiences and kind of my view, and um, man, I mean, there's so many opportunities and like great support in like the Prairie Village area, however... You know, I really lacked a lot of um, diversity and seeing different ways of life. Mm. Um, There really was kind of a couple, a couple options that were modeled. And, you know, that's an interesting thing now as I, you know, go back and, and kind of have been focusing on, um, you know, healing childhood wounds and, and things like that. So you know, there's this forgiveness that comes in, you know, as you're thinking about your childhood and, you know, the playing on soccer teams and doing sleepovers and hanging out with your friends mm. and going to the pool and all these things that, you know, they show in, in on the movies and in TV. And, and yet 
you know, there's so many, um, you know, beautiful challenges and signs and things that you experience in life that shape you to a degree that sometimes, you know, and sometimes like they come up and surprise the heck out of you. Um, so, you know, went went through um, Catholic school for a few years, transferred uh, to public school, um, made some really great friends, got involved in activities, um, went on to college and, you know, pursued, um, you know, volunteerism based off of, you know, a lot of my involvement, um, you know, as a kid and, you know, they're being a, from a family of three girls, you know, that sisterhood and, um, you know, building that kind of support system of friends and, and neighbors, whether it was in the cul-de-sac or, you know, just grew up from a really loving, supportive, um, kind of safety of this like little like nest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as I began to grow and come into my adult um, my adult life, you know, I, I, I got my wings and I, I flew the nest. So I think that's in a quick way is a good kind of summary of, of childhood. So, okay, let me, let me jump back because you did talk about like, you know, healing childhood wounds and then flying the net, flying away out of the nest. And yeah, bubbles do shape us in many, many forms because, um, they are that, Mm, quote unquote, Mm. I would say like, you are safe, you are comfortable. But then Mm -hmm. when you learn to break out of the bubble, whether that is college, whether that is out of the country, what have you, like, what did you like ultimately learn from that? And what did it kind of like reflect upon you about how you did grow up or maybe like friends that you made here and there, or maybe even as I'm asking so many questions, your personal identity, you know, because we all know since you and I resonate on the same vibrational level, we are different. We are very different. Mm-hmm. Man. Um, oh, so many different things, you know, really put this, um, desire to see the world. Mm. You know, I felt like there was a lot out there that I hadn't had a chance to experience. And I felt like I was behind. Mm. So after, after graduated college, I did the AmeriCorps program, uh, for 10 months. Um, it's a way to be of service and like, just see some different perspectives the thing that really set that in motion, though, I don't know if you were involved, but there was um, a youth group through Leewood or uh, Village Presbyterian, mm. and they had service trips, and I had the opportunity to go on a service trip to the Dominican Republic. And so that was the first time, um, one, that I had you know, kind of gone off on my own um, way like, outside of like a family event. And, you know, we went and we worked in the Bates. Uh, in the Dominican Republic and seeing the happiness uh, from people that were living in a life that was so foreign to me, um, you know, to have so little, but to be so happy, that really was a huge turning point um, and, you know, a big um, kind of bump in the direction of, yes, I want a life of service. Uh, that, I mean, that just that broke me open and so many emotions came from that experience and seeing, you know, poverty firsthand. Um, and yet 
all of the beauty in it. And mm-hmm. so I never lost the travel bug after that. So I definitely, you know, as a way to continue like opening my eyes and seeing different perspectives and gosh, just learning about the world. There's so much out there that, um, you know, now that we have social media, you, you can see more of that, but, oh man, I felt like there, I felt like I was a little, um, a little naive based off of, you know, how I grew up in what else was out there and what, what challenges people work through in their lives. And so I guess I've, kind of put that as a bit of a hobby of, you know, seeing, seeing all the different perspectives and, and seeing sides of how people, how people live. Wait, so how old were you when you went to Dominican? I was, I believe I was like 15 or 16. 15. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah. my, my sister actually ran a lot of those service trips. She mm-hmm. was running. So I don't know if you went with her, but I think I think she did that more, like, after college. I think she was in charge of the youth group. I remember that. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. No, but I didn't I didn't actually – I didn't experience any of those. But I did experience, like, my first out-of-the-country um, experience out of the bubble, I guess you could say, when I went <laughs> – when I went with a high school group um, to Peru. And it was the same Ooh. thing, a third-world country. Of course, we were traveling in a group, and it was a little bit different – but still, you see these kids, like, literally, like, running up to you. And they're so happy, and they just want to share with you, like, I mean, obviously, they're taught. It's, like, their their lifestyle to, like, you know, is tourism, is to, like, reach up and spread tourism. But um, but it's just the little things like that. It's, like, they're so happy with so little. And I think that's also why, like, the simplicity movement and, like, minimalism is such on a rise because it declutters mm-hmm. your what declutters your life declutters you you know your mind and it goes full circle you know um and there's so much value in that but moving beyond that so that was like your first hit and you said I wanted to see more so what Mm -hmm. let me ask you what did you major in college I always like to know I was um so I got a BFA so a bachelor of fine arts in jewelry and metal smithing oh I thought I knew that yes and then I um worked on a minor in leadership education oh there you go the minor's the truth right Mm -hmm. so you have the artistic (laughs) side which you do come from a huge artistic family I mean your dad owned the furniture store and your mom she was an artist in general She's got the artistic eye for sure. She has a way with the art of moving objects to like just creating Zen out of chaos. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, What was she? I think she was a leader of remember that program called art smart. Yeah. She would go and talk to classes and um, show paint like uh, famous paintings and talk about artists and, and yeah, you know, we, my family grew up with such an appreciation um, for the arts and uh, music, for sure. Mm. Yet we all yes. have these huge fears around being musically um, musically involved. So I always say that my biggest, like my biggest music talent is supporting music talent. Yes. Um, oh, true. But yeah, I uh, we music has been a thread throughout our lives. I mean, I, I can't even remember like a time of coming home or into the house when music wasn't on. And there was this specific Sunday morning, like, like musical artists that you could choose for Sunday morning music. And, you know, just 
Oh, and it, it's carried through. My sister, um, she had, now has two sons, and you know, after dinner, they have dance parties every mm-hmm. night. And I mean, it's just, oh, music is huge in our family. Just an appreciation for for creativity is is what um, definitely one of the major uh, the major, I guess, ribbons of you know childhood and and how I grew up. I love it. I love it. So, okay, so you left college, and then what? So that's then like the big. I, that's the big question for everyone. And then ooh, what? Uh, bump, bump, bump. Yeah, right. No. Um. So I wanted to avoid the real world, mm-hmm. and I was, oh, man. I, in hindsight, it was it was one of those decisions that you know, I might go back and do differently um, today, but I with uh, doing the Peace Corps and two years out um, you know out of the country it just there was there's a lot of fear that came up with that so um, in order to do something similar I joined the AmeriCorps and Triple C program which is a 10-month commitment of working in a team and you essentially are volunteering your time um, to work in different um, categories whether it's you know, um, education or, you know, conservation and environmentalism, um, or, you know, public service, um, types of, um, programs, things like that. So I got to travel the West coast for 10 months, uh, with an amazing team of people, um, all my age. And we, we lived in a, um, a, old grocery store. We lived in canvas tents on Catalina Island during, um, the major mudslides. Um, we lived in a church rectory house that didn't have a bathroom. Um, so we, well, there was a toilet, but we couldn't shower. So the local, um, like gym there allowed us to come work out and shower. Um, so it was 10 months of just rapid, um, change and adaptation, like living, breathing, working with a group, um, being of service and just, gosh, you know, it was one of those at the time I didn't know it was the best time of my life. Uh, but after it was over, I was like, oh my God, that was one of the most amazing experiences I've had in my life for sure. Um, and then I was, I still wasn't ready to go back to, to start the real world trek. So I traveled um, to Australia and New Zealand and Fiji uh, for about three months in a kind of a venture travel group. So by the time I got back, I was really, really, really tired of uh, living out of a bag. (laughs) And I was ready to buy a house. I, I had been talking about my house. For high school graduation, I asked for a set of silverware. And my parents were like, you are crazy. And I was like, well, I want it for my house. <laughs> there even was a birthday that I think it was like my 17th birthday. I got a dollhouse because my parents were so tired of hearing about when I had my house. So that was a big thing for me. There was just something about creating home. And uh, after traveling in a bag for you know close to a year and a half, I was like, I am ready to put some roots down. So came back to Kansas City and bought a house and man, I, it was like ball and chain for 13 years. Um, I loved it. I hated it. There was so many growth, uh, like 
growth opportunities and so many challenges all wrapped up into one and who um i actually sold that house um a little over a year ago and oh man life has life has had some drastic changes so it's it's been really really cool to kind of see how everything has diverged but um, just to quickly give an overview, once I did join the real the real world and quote um, quote 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 unquote yeah quote quote what what I thought I should do what I felt I was supposed to do um, I was involved with a nonprofit that helped kids uh, low income children get braces and then I moved into a organization that was owned by Children's Hospitals and did pediatric research and research and development for, you know, health trends, um, and was there for about seven years and got a master's degree, uh, thinking I was going to continue climbing the corporate ladder. And the last corporate gig that I had, um, was working in hospice. Mm. And that was a huge catalyst in my life. Um, man, that was one of the most rewarding things, but also one of the most challenging things is being in the face of death every day. And, uh, you know, you really are, um, you know, kind of faced to, to jump to reality with someone mm-hmm. when they, when they see their imminent death coming, you know, there, there's not a lot of BS that comes up. It's, it's all about, you know, how they reflect on their life, what they wish they would have done. And so I heard about people's regrets for two years and I thought, oh my gosh, I am still living and I, I don't want to have regret. And so that was a major catalyst for me, um, to begin kind of, um, doing a, a complete inventory of how I've lived my life, how I want to live my life, what I see, what I want to bring in. Um, and so I realized that the corporate, the corporate, corporate world was not, was not aligned with, with who I am and what I want. So that kind of set me on, uh, set me on a different path. Can I ask you a question? Um, cause I see like a trend and kind of a pattern with this. What, what does home mean to you? Mm, man. Ah, home, home is community, home is love, home is belonging, home is um, a sense of freedom, a place to come back to, Um, you know, home has been different things throughout the years, Um, and yeah, home is, you know, when when I feel at peace. You know, it doesn't even have to be a physical place anymore. Um, I think one of the most interesting feelings that I've, you know, noticed as as an adult is I've occasionally gotten homesick when I'm at my home. Mm. And, Mm. you know, that's usually something reserved for, you know, when you're halfway across the world and traveling, it's like, oh, I want to be home. And it's like, oh, I've, I've had that feeling when I'm in my home. So... You know, it has to take on more of like a, a, a deeper meaning versus just a place with a roof where you have your stuff, um, and where you sleep every night. I mean, home, home is peace. Yeah. 
Yeah, and when you do feel those uh, longings for home, it's in my in my opinion, being homesick is just feeling alone, feeling disconnected to mm-hmm. yourself and your truth. And absolutely, um, yeah. I mean, because in all reality, you know what they say, like around your family members, especially, it's like you know, their blood and like, you can tell them anything pretty much for the most part, part, many families, they know all the nitty gritty about you. And, and Mm -hmm. sometimes you're not even telling your own self what you should be hearing, um, Mm -hmm. whether you're healing from something or whether you're working through something, you know, uh, a past wound, you know, reparenting, what have you. Um, so I wanted to know kind of why you were so interested in home and maybe that symbolic meaning of that. Maybe, maybe you always wanted that home because it was a sense of stability in your life of, you know, the way that things were or nostalgia, you know, like I even at times recently of lately, you know, I've had memories of like, you know, when I see little kids playing outside, I'm like, Oh, I have to go work, you know, but it's like, oh, I just want summer and it's that nostalgia of like the uh-huh. way that things were. And like my voice is getting crackly right now because I know I'm holding something back. You know, you're holding back a deeper truth of what you really want, you know, or what, you know, whatever that may be, but it could be love. It could be just like revealing of like something that you need to get off your chest or what have you. And then Sarah, I do want to be bold and say that you moved from, you know, running around the world, right? And just seeing uh-huh. how other people live to find, you know, the true value of life. And then you moved into a corporate position that kind of transitioned you to here and there. So you could maintain this sense of home. You worked your butt off to make the money, to maintain that expensive house because that's what you thought. That's where you thought love was. That's where you thought the freedom and the peace was when in all reality it was showing you a shadow and saying, no, no, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. This is not peace right now. Go back to minimalism. Go back to your true self. What is it that you really need? And then you moved into the hospice line of work and you really, really found out about regrets and you found out about fears, um, mm-hmm. you know, facing death every single day. Not many people can do that. And I think also with, you know, the loss of Lauren, perhaps, and I'm going to guess with this, perhaps either you were trying to channel in her inner vibration, her, her messages, trying to find out more, trying to create a closure within that not just with Lauren, but maybe with other things that have happened in your life, trying to create closure within a certain death that has left your body, right? You you know, and actually it's a little different. Um, With Lauren's death, um, gosh, I was mm, 20. We were talking about numbers. I'm like, oh, numbers (laughs) totally are not my strong suit. So I was going into my junior year of college and, you know, the support that we had from the community, from, from the bubble, um, was unbelievable. Like people came and were present and just held space for us in a way that I didn't even know existed. 
And I think that was one of the big things that, um, for me, why I was drawn to hospice was because I felt like it was an opportunity for me to give back, Mm. um, for me to create that space for people. Um, and you know, even, even today, I still, if I hear that someone's loved one has passed away, I still don't have, you know, an eloquent, um, you know, eloquent things to say or the right words at the right time, you know, that, that phrase of I'm sorry, you know, still comes out and, you know, it's, it's more, it's more than that. It's, it's about holding space. It's about, um, you know, being able to, uh, respect someone's wishes and let them, let them experience, um, their, their life and their path in the way that they wanting, that they want to. Um, and so that was a big thing for me. I just, I felt like, you know, one of the themes of my life is to be of service. And I thought, man, I have had such a beautiful experience with Lauren Steph that I want to be able to give a piece of that experience to others. And so, um, yeah, it, it definitely was a huge part of, um, how, you know, how I approached um, my work when I was involved in hospice and, you know, it definitely, it was a different energy. It was a different energy than, than how a lot of people were functioning in that. And I think later on though, um, after I left the hospice industry is when more of like what you were highlighting in, you know, kind of, you know, trying to reconnect or, um, you know, understand death in a different, in a different way, or, you know, how do you, continue to celebrate that memory and, and, and also work through the grief because, Mm -hmm. you know, there was a lot of, um, a lot of trauma, um, that happened to me around the same time of Lauren's death that really kind of put my soul on hold. It was, uh, I called, you know, a good portion of my college career, you know, there, it was a cloud, you Mm -hmm. know, my head was in these kind of gray clouds and I, I, there's a lot I don't really remember. There was a lot of, um, you know, self-medicating through uh, disconnection or drinking. You know, it was it was easy to find someone to go out and you know have a good time and yeah, especially and pretend, <laughs> yeah, and pretend like um, to pretend like those feelings weren't there. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, after after hospice was a big. Um, shift in, in my life. And I realized how all those emotions that I had kind of stuffed away, they were, they were coming up in full force and it was time to figure out, whoa, you know, uh, you have been in survival mode. It's time to figure out how to live mode. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that coincided with, you know, you've always done what you should do, but what is it that you want to do what do you choose to do with your life you know and exploring who am I versus who have I thought I should be you know when when I would have shown up um you know in other other times of my life it was who does this person need me to show up as Hmm. it was not um there wasn't the comfort or the familiarity of I can show up as me so, so who are you? Oh man. Whew. If that's a hard question or what? Um, Oh, I am love. Mm. I am, 
I am messy. Um, I am absolutely messy right now. Um, I am letting go of control. I am a creator. I am um, an unbelievable feminine divine goddess. Mm. Um, I am an animal lover. Um, I am a spirit and most ultimately, like, I, I am, I am, it, it feels weird to say, but I, I am God in my own eyes. Of course you, you know, are. it is, it is, <laughs> you know, that divine, divine trust of stepping into your space and realizing that we are all the same and we are all one entity moving, um, with different parts and different energies. And, oh, I am falling in love with myself more every day. Oh, I love that. Um, I mean, you're, you're waking you're waking up, you're mm-hmm. that spiritual being having a human experience. You, you went through multiple traumas, a couple, you know, at the same time, um, mm-hmm. which shows you, you know, what you needed to work on, you know, of how to love yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and nurture yourself a hundred percent and yeah. sure we can all live our lives fogging it out, numbing ourselves as you chose to do in the beginning, but now you've kind mm-hmm. of switched paces and switched laces, I guess you could say on your running shoes and you sold the house, which was a big cover up as well of saying like, look at me. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, look at me. Like I've got this <laughs> new house and I've got my animals around me. I'm loving myself and you're speaking your truth because in all reality, we all go through SHIT and we all carry that with us <laughs> unless we lose, you know, we, we lose that control because when we hold on to control, it's just basically a mask for basically saying, I don't want to work on this. I don't want to mm-hmm. reveal myself. What have you control is like makeup, right? We cover it up. Right. And then oh, we it wash was, it, it, it was, it was my uh, modus operandi for a really long time. And, mm. oh, control is, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing that our, our brain creates um, as a way of survival. Um, you know, there are certain scenarios where it is absolutely necessary. Uh, but it's kind of like the saying of, you know, you do something until you know better. And for a long time, control was all I knew. Mm-hmm. That was the only way I knew to keep, um, to keep my head attached to my body. You know, if I created control, I created this sense of safety, albeit false safety. Um, you know, I created walls. I created um, mechanisms that I could, you know, keep, keep people at a, a, a distance that was comfortable for where I was at. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I um, I have realized to the degree of how control was absolutely integral to my life at that point. Um, but it it is all about forgiveness and realizing that oh man, you know, I'm sorry, Sarah, that you know you that you were at a spot that you ha- that you felt you um, you know 
that control was the only option. Mm-hmm. And now, um, God, I have stepped into this beautiful place of like openness and vulnerability and authenticity. And it is scary as, <laughs> yeah. you know, the biggest boogeyman under the bed when you're six, it is, Oh, I feel it in my body. And you know, it's, it's crazy how different, um, life is when you, when instead of running away from the fears, you run straight, right towards them. And, uh, it's, it's finally this great space where it's like, Oh, vulnerability feels so good versus it being so scary and, and, um, and a motivator for control. Yeah. It's so crazy when you actually even just say it out loud and say like, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. Then it's like everything that needs to be in your life will flow through to you. Like magic. Like magic. The more that you resist things. I mean, you see it in politics. The more that you resist things and fight over things and yada, 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 the more turmoil there's going to be, right? Yeah, and the stronger it becomes. Right. You know, the, the greater the divide, the you know, the more willpower to conquer, whether, you know, whether conquer is even, you know, a, a necessary thing or not, it's, it's the opposite of love. It's the opposite of openness. And, um, you know, that energy, you know, the energy that you vibrate from is what you attract. Mm. And, you know, yes. that's no longer something I want to attract into my life. So let me ask you, because um, I know that you have capabilities of channeling energy, um, just, you know, like, vibra- I'm going to say vibrations through people, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, how do you protect yourself from toxic people, toxic environments? How do you protect yourself? Does it take a lot of solitude, um, isolation? Tell me about that. that. <laughs> oh, that is such a beautiful question because that is not something that I feel like I have a final answer to. Like, is this your final answer? Absolutely not. No, I am still figuring that out. That is the beauty of, um, you know, stepping into this place of vulnerability is is finding that balance. And, you know, I, I do appreciate my alone time to recharge and reconnect. Um you know, based off of, you know, past trauma experiences, mm-hmm. creating boundaries was a really hard thing. And mm-hmm. that, that is one of the most important things is holding on to, um, you know, holding on to your own needs and putting, um, importance on those before you put others needs. Um, and that was, that was something that I, I did really well. I put other people's needs first and that was not a way to, um, you know, kind of strengthen that energy within me. And so it's something I've been working on and, um, you know, with channeling that is, Oh man, it is such a powerful thing. And, you know, just having this intuition of, you know, reading energy, um, it's, it's hard emotional work. Um, it's physical work. It's, it's being present. And there's so many things that can like kind of deplete you. So man, I would say 
boundaries are an important thing. Um, doing things you love, um, nature and music are my mm. religion. So those are two things that like fill up my cup. Um, and I, I try to do them at least once a week, if not more. So, um, man, I, uh, ask me that question again in a couple months because okay. who knows what the answer will be then. Uh, I'm still discovering. That's where I'm at on that. Still discovering. Always discover. Mm-hmm. I think that's something. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then connecting with your family right now, doing all these transitions, all these different faces of your life that you've had to uh, look straight in the eyes, uh, you know, make changes, what have you. Um. I always like to ask people, what does your family think of this? Not that we have to like always listen to judgment because I like to create a judgment free zone, but we all know that each and every one of us will always ask the opinion of someone before we do something. Um, what do they say? Cause they've always been uh, a backbone for you. You know, this is a really, um, I like this question. This is, this is really thought provoking. Um, you know, there's a part of me that's like, oh my gosh, I hope I get the right answer. Uh, I'm I'm sure they'll listen in and it'll be interesting to hear their feedback. Um, you know, I, I think ultimately first responses, they're like, they're not surprised. Like they're like, Sarah, you've always been on this path. Like, yeah, we know, you know, whereas I thought it was something that I kind of like kept hidden or that I felt like it was going to be some shock of like, Hey, I'm really, you know, stepping into myself and I'm really, you know, trying to discover what spirituality means to me. You know, it felt like something that, um, almost like in a childhood place where I kind of went back to this, like, Oh, I don't know. I don't want to tell them. And the more I talk with my family, the more they're like, well, yeah, yeah. And, um, it's just interesting as you like, as you grow up and like, as you have the opportunity to interact with your family as an adult, like how there's different beliefs around what you think, um, like what you think they'll feel about something. And, you know, my family's just been unbelievably supportive and, you know, in times where, you know, there may not be like full understanding, um, you know, there's really been such a grace of, you know, Sarah, I don't necessarily understand what you're doing, but we know that, you know, you have put like unbelievable amounts of thoughts just based on how you operate as a person into this. And if it's something you want to do, do it. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty beautiful. And like the relationship that I have with my mom and, you know, the more I talk with her and the more open and vulnerable I am, it's, it's, um, it's a whole new level of, um, like engagement and connection that I, I haven't previously experienced. And it's like, you know, not only having a mom, but like a best friend, um, you know, talking about sex with her or, you know, plant medicine or, you know, relationships, all these things that, you know, a lot of, a lot of people don't have, um, that sense of like openness and trust or, or feel comfortable talking with their family about those are things that, um, you know, are opening up, but it's really exciting. And I think, um, I like to think that through my trials and tribulations, that also inspires them to look inward and, 
um, you know, kind of do an inventory themselves of, hey, what's what's working in my life and what do, what do I want to change? You know, we've we've got this lifetime to, you know, do our thing and what are what are we doing? What is our thing? Yeah, so. exactly. That is like the perfect question. What is our thing? Because it's so funny. Like I was actually thinking the other day, I think I was on a walk and I was like, wait, what? Like it just clicked to me. I'm like, we're not meant to like go into this weird linear pattern that we've been conditioned to go into. Like we're, uh-huh. we're not, we are not. And I think that's what civilization is kind of telling us these days, you know, with everything, like with colleges and stuff. I don't even know if, I don't even, I'm going to whisper this. I don't even know if kids should go to college because like, <laughs> because it's different. What? It's totally different. And unless you're going to be like a doctor or something, or you need a specialized degree, like our modern times that we live in is so different. And, you know, people aren't getting married until after they have a career or travel the world or what have you. So they're not going to college to meet their Mr. or Mrs. or what have you, you know, where kind of, that was the setup back then, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so like, what is this? What is this thing called life? What is it? You know? And so that is what you are. And it's not even, you're not figuring out, you're just doing it, Sarah. So Uh like, and you're just, you have figured that out, you know, like that's how you do it is you just do it. And that's the answer that we all need to do is like, I'm just doing it. I'm just doing it. Uh Whatever I feel like I'm doing, I'm doing, you know? And wow, guys, how vague does that sound? But it's the answer. Just do it. You know, like no one's telling you, you can't travel. No one's telling you, you can't take a a sabbatical for yourself for a month or a year or six years. Like that's life. Like you're put onto this earth to spread your truth, no matter where it is, no matter if you're in a cubicle and that's your that's your like blessing in life. Like some people are meant to be there to spread joy to other people, or you could be on top of a mountain, you know, like hustling and breathing in the cold air up there. Like that's your thing. That's your calling. Like we're all different, you know, so there's no expectation doing our thing. That is life. That is your truth. You just have to be what Sarah vulnerable. And once you're absolutely once you're vulnerable, oh. yeah. Once you're like, vulnerable, Mufasa. Mufasa. Once you're mm-hmm. vulnerable, guess what? Your heart opens, your chest opens. You can breathe lighter or deeper. Excuse me. Woo! You can breathe deeper, and your eyes, like you're like, <laughs> click. Hello, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to talk as much because you're just being. And that's what we're supposed mm-hmm. to be. We're just being. We don't know how much time we get on this earth, but we know that the time that it is, it should just be. And that's how we heal each other, and that's how we heal ourselves. Right? Yeah. Definitely. So, you know, let go of expectation, because that is the, the, quickest, the quickest way to um, get out of that being. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, you're always one decision away from potentially drastically changing your life, whether it's for the better, whether it's, you know, a neutral thing. And, you know, you can put a bunch of fear around that of, oh, this is such a big decision of whether I'm going to have peanut butter and jelly or pizza today. It's like, <laughs> that's not even it. But you know what? Maybe, maybe the pizza guy happens to be your soulmate. You never know. Or, 
you know, whether it's deciding on taking a job or not, like the universe is always in your favor. It's always, if you miss, if you miss that opportunity, if you, you know, made a wrong decision there, you're going to get numerous opportunities that look different, but still are going to keep pushing you down that path of, you know, be present. Um, and everything that is coming to you will absolutely find its way. Well, and so. that's, that's true. Like, in my thought, and this might be, like, how I was raised, like, the Presbyterian way, you know, is that, like, things happen for a reason. You know, you, like, we'll get to the, the, the finish line of where we are supposed to get to in this life. Um, it just, you know, some people go faster because they're so much more intuitive and they've fulfilled that destiny or what have you. Some people, yeah. They date that pizza man of their life, and then they find out, oh, my gosh, it's not the pizza man. Okay, start over or go this way again. Oh, and then, oh, maybe I'll go travel over there to heal myself when really you're like, oh, I should have turned left, you know? And so we're going to get to, you know, the under the shady tree eventually, but it's just how many times are we going to turn in a circle? How many times are we going to turn left, you know? Instead of just going straight, right? So those are all those experiences. They're all tests of life. That's like the game of life that's even dating too. There's so many tests. But until you intuitively listen to yourself, it goes back to your truth. Until you listen to your truth, you won't find the answer, right? And it's not about even like getting there as fast as possible. But it's just about listening, right? To live. Listening to live. Yeah. And you have all the answers in you. You have, you know, you hear that voice uh-huh. and it's just whether or not you, you know, clear, clear your mind to hear it or whether it's the ego that has, you know, the megaphone and, you know, kind of the, the idea of, you know, there, there's two different wolves and, you know, the one you feed is the one that, you know, however that colloquialism goes, but, um, you know, it's, you can feed your ego and the way our society's set up, man, there are absolute rewards for feeding your ego. And that is what, you know, is, is the norm. Um, it's hard to hear that voice. It's hard to clear your mind. And, you know, we're finally at a place where a lot of this mindfulness and spirituality and, um, you know, opportunities to step into vulnerability and, and build connection that, that, that is finally getting, um, a little bit more, you know, face time per se. There's, there's more awareness around it. There's more, um, teachers out there that are sharing their gifts of, Hey, how do you do this? You know, how do we create community? How do we bring people together? Um, you know, with that idea, it's kind of like, you know, by showing up each day in whatever fashion that is, you know, you will continue to find your, your community. You will continue to find yourself and ultimately you will find the voice that has always been there. And the voice, the voice, all you have to do and to build community, all you have to do is say hello. Seriously, just say hello, tap into yourself because when you tap into yourself, you're going to create that vibrational energy that's going to attract those around you that are basically necessary for you to thrive in life. You know that old song? Do you remember that song? Say hello, say hello. I think we were, I think I learned it in grade school. 
I would uh-huh. like to get to know you. Anyways, enough of that singing. But <laughs> I, See, I, I was thinking of Ace of Base. I saw the sign and uh, opened up my eyes. Okay, <laughs> that's much more cool than mine. <laughs> Say hello. I'm going to try to find that song. Bring uh, it back. I'm going to start singing it on the strand here when I'm on the walks. People are going to mm-hmm. love me. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Sarah, okay, I have one more question for you, and then we're going to let you jet and go play with your dogs. Are you ready? Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Okay, good answer. What is your honest truth that has led you on a path to success in maintaining a healthy lifestyle? Mm. My honest truth. Oh, right. That gets another Mufasa right there. Like, oh, that is a powerful question. Um, Man, my truth is I am love. Mm, I am absolutely love and uh, there have been times when I've doubted that there have been times when um, I went against that Um, there are times you know even you know every day there there's potential moments where I'm not fully embodying that Um, and it shows you know, yes. it, it's one of those where it's like, oh man, I just had a horrible day, you know, and I could sit in that space and think about the negative things. But when I focus on love and loving myself and sharing that love um, or, or growing that love, like that's when I'm successful it, it doesn't matter what my bank account says. It doesn't matter what, you know, clothes I'm wearing. Um, that's, that's not what shines through. Like love is like a universal thing that is always there. And I am most successful when I acknowledge, accept and embrace that. And, um, yeah, it's sometimes some days are a lot harder than others, but man, it's it's beautiful. It brings that connection. It you know puts you in touch with your soul sisters. You know the beauty that comes from that is ah, it's just so exciting. Um, you know, life is a lot more colorful. Life is a lot um, more enjoyable life um has you know so much more interesting twists and turns when you step into that space and anything you do can be successful so yeah i'm love is my truth (laughs) i'm so honored to hear that um when i think of love i think of worth showing yourself you're worthy Mm -hmm. and when i think of showing yourself you're worthy i think of standing in your truth and I know I say truth all the time but I think it's like that triangle of just like a magical like firework exploding so Sarah I am so so grateful a that we reconnected after all these years that we just said hello and <laughs> saw the signs. I was saying, I saw the signs. Just saw, opened up my eyes to it you. It was crazy. It was like that that day was crazy. I like energetically just it was so crazy. I think I had like migraines the night before. It was just nuts. Um, but anyways, I am so grateful for you for being in my life, for you know just the vibrations that you give off for. 
for being a leader out there in the world, um, for being honest in every day and continuing to open up your heart and be vulnerable in that. Um, you know, this podcast sh- show, like people say, well, what's it about? It's not about just one certain topic, but in all reality, it is. It's just being honest with yourself and speaking your truth, whether I'm interviewing an entrepreneur, starting a new health business, whether I'm interviewing a past Olympian, it goes back to your childhood. What were, what were you born here as a, a little innocent soul? And then what are you now? Are you honoring who your soul meant to be? That's all I'm here to talk about, guys. So without further ado, I cannot thank you enough. And um, guys, guys, we are on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Simplecast FM. If you want to hear more, if you have any questions you want to ask for me, for Sarah, feel free to email me at Catherine at JustBeingHonest.com. Remember, the bean in Just Being Honest has no G because we're straight like that. And um, you can follow me at JustBeingHonestKB on Instagram. A five-star rating review is always welcome. So until next time, I love you all. Remember, vulnerability, speak your truth, kiss, kiss, hug, hug, peace, love. Ciao! My favorite quote from this episode with Sarah is, to have so little and to be so happy, think of it as you shall, right? Also, the point of healing childhood wounds and holding a vibrational connection with yourself and others, that is my biggest takeaway from talking with Sarah. I love how she has witnessed that by facing death every single day, it truly shows her how to live. Live without regrets, right? Remember to always hold space for your energetic gifts and wishes because, guys, they just may very well come true. To all of my JBH listeners and supporters out there, I hope you all got a lot of value out of this episode today. And thank you so much for hanging out with me. I know this was so healing for me, just coming full circle with things, doing some shadow work myself. We all need to practice that. And if you got a lot of help out of this episode and if you're working on some shadow work yourself please screenshot this send this to a friend a family member send it to a random person in your call log that would be fun right and uh, please make sure to head over to apple podcasts give me a five-star rating and review it's super easy you just go over there click five stars and guys that helps me keep this podcast going right I know you love it. I love it. I enjoy doing it so much. We are also on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Simplecast FM, and as I said before, iTunes. So, guys, I'm so grateful for you. I am so grateful for you. Thank you so much every week. Until next time, kiss, kiss, hug, hug. Thanks for joining in. 
Hello, sweet beans. I wanted to remind you that today's podcast was brought to you by the Just Being Honest team. Yeah, KB, me. So KB's lifestyle design, what's it all about? As I mentioned before, it's about creating that substance in your life. What are you really searching for? Wait, it's not about searching. It's about unveiling what is already deep within you. So a little bit health coaching, a little bit life coaching, a little bit regaining that truth within you. So do you want to know where to start? How to begin? It's easy. Call me. I will give you your first discovery call for free. So just contact me, KB, and say JBH free, and you'll get your first discovery call free. 